Welcome to The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you answer the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncie, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. And I've served on fiduciary boards for industry, academic, and youth-serving organizations. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the ninth and final episode on fundamental ideas it's necessary to understand before developing our strategy. Over the last few weeks, as we've considered topics from the difference between need and demand to the impossibility of making decisions without disagreement, two consistent themes have been the need to question assumptions and the need to consider alternatives. Today, we'll bring these two themes together in asking the most important question in strategy development. What would have to be true for a given alternative to be a great strategy? Credit for the formulation of this question belongs to Roger Martin, former dean of the Rotman School of Management, whom I mentioned in a previous episode. Martin's insight is that when developing our strategy, asking what is true won't get us to a winning strategy because it can't get us to a winning strategy. The purpose of strategy is to articulate and evaluate possibilities for a future which doesn't yet exist. Strategy rests on the idea that things can become true in the future, which are not true at the moment. Trying to base our strategy on what is currently known to be the case, therefore, leads to adversarial exchanges in which colleagues demand proof in advance for each other's proposals, and no one has any better reason than anyone else to believe their proposal is correct. If an organization wants to avoid this kind of counterpunching, its executives may instead yield to an apparent consensus around the least controversial proposal. But this is a political agreement, not a strategic decision. Or because it's impossible to prove in advance that a change will work, executives may simply choose to maintain the status quo, as though that's necessarily a safer option. On the other hand, if we ask what would have to be true, we reap four great benefits. First, we increase collaboration, because we're no longer defending our preferred proposal or criticizing the proposals of others. On the contrary, we're agreeing under what conditions these proposals would be great ideas. Second, we multiply the number of alternatives that receive serious consideration, because no alternative is rejected until we have evidence that what we've agreed would have to be true is unlikely to become true either through our efforts or because of changes in our external environment. Third, we put the status quo on the same footing as other proposals by asking what would have to be true for maintaining the status quo to be the best choice. Fourth, we can consistently evaluate whatever strategy we do choose, because since we will have already answered the question, what would have to be true, we've laid out the logic, conditions, and standards of success impartially in advance. We're then in a position, as our work progresses, to ask whether what would have to be true is turning out, in fact, to be true. 
and if at some point we discover it no longer is true, then we have a leading indicator that our strategy is in trouble, and we have time to re-examine our assumptions. The question what would have to be true shows that strategy is both creative and analytical. But to be productive, the analysis must come after we've proposed a set of possibilities to be examined. My suggestion for today is, think of a recent idea one of your colleagues proposed which you found less than compelling. Ask yourself what would have to be true for the proposal to be a great idea, and then imagine how you might go about discovering if what would have to be true could become true, whether through your organization's own efforts or changes to the environment in which you work. This series of episodes has given us a basic understanding of some important ideas. So next time we'll begin a new series of episodes in which we'll develop a practical answer to the question, what is strategy? Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend the successful strategist to one other person and share it on social media. And don't forget to subscribe yourself if you haven't already. If you'd like to receive my free twice-monthly email, which includes show notes and a summary of an important article on strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember that being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight; just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission-driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at prosperallc.com. This is Mitchell Munsey. Talk to you next time.